0: Have you ever been in a church service and you and you thought to yourself, I wonder why we do that? Anybody? Anybody? Brave enough? A few of you. Don't feel bad. I thought that, and I was leading the service at the time. <laughs> okay, Don't feel bad for asking that. In fact, a little boy, he took his friend to church one time, and, and his little friend, he had never, ever been to church, so he had a lot of questions. So they got into in, into the auditorium and, and the music minister, said, everybody, please stand a little voice said, what's that mean? Well, he said, that means we're about to sing. That means the service is getting started. We're going to stand up and sing for a, a little while. He said, okay, okay, okay. Then after a few minutes, the man shouted, hallelujah. The little boy said, what's that mean? Well, well that means praise the Lord, and that's something we do to, to, to we worship God. We get excited about God. We shout hallelujah sometimes. He said, okay, okay. And then about last time, the preacher said, I'm closing. He said, what's that mean? Man, that don't mean nothing." I get you out of here quick today. I promise. We got uh, we got two services today. We got a volunteer meeting after our main service, so I am going to try to be brief, brother, brief, brief. The five B's of preaching: be brief, brother, be brief. Okay, all right. But if you're here today, and you see us pass around juice and crackers and thought, what does that mean? Today is your day, for answers. Okay, why do we take communion? First of all, because Jesus said so. Come on, tell everybody because Jesus said so. Come we'll on, tell somebody else, Jesus said do it. Okay? Communion can be traced back to the Passover meal that Jesus had with his disciples the night that he was betrayed to be crucified. In church tradition we call that meal the Last Supper, just like we call communion the Lord's Supper. In Luke twenty-two seventeen, 17, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks, and he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took the bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. And look at these next six words. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. This is a command of Jesus, not only to the disciples who were there that night, but it's also a command to you and me. We take communion in remembrance of Jesus. Communion is a deeply spiritual thing, yet so many people miss its meaning. They miss its power. The bread and the cup represent the body and the blood of Christ. They represent the new covenant of salvation through faith. They represent our salvation through His sacrifice. Why do we take communion? We take communion to remember that He was wounded for Our transgressions that He was bruised for our iniquities; that He was chastened for our peace, and by His stripes we are healed. We take communion to remember that we're here not because of ourselves or anything we have done, but we are here because of Him. The bread and the cup represent the body and the blood of Christ, our salvation, our restoration, our deliverance, our healing through His sacrifice. When we take communion, we share in that. We partake in the life of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, 16 says this, Is not the cup of blessing which we bless a sharing in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread which we break a sharing in the body of Christ? When you break the bread, you share in the body. And when you drink the cup, you share in the blood. It's more than a piece of bread and a cup. It's actually the sharing of a life. Because the blood and the body is the life of Jesus. When we come to the communion table, we're sharing in the life of our Creator, of our Savior, of our Redeemer. Jesus said, Do this and remember what I've done for you. So why do we take communion? One, because Jesus said to do it, but two, because it's a spiritual checkup for every believer. So somebody is time for a checkup. We take communion because it's a spiritual checkup. When we take communion, I like to read the communion passage from 1 Corinthians 11. When you read the New Testament, you find out rather quickly that the Corinthians had problems. The church at Corinth had issues, y'all. Yo, and you know why they had problems? Because they were people. And I love First and Second Corinthians because the Apostle Paul does his own asking for a friend series if you get to read all the questions and answers for yourself. You'll see one of the big problems they had at church was how they handled communion. It was a real disaster y'all. First Corinthians 11:17. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church. He said, "Now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you." since you come together not for better, but for worse. The Apostle Paul is saying that when y'all come and take communion, you leave worse all than when you came. Verse 20, Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. One is hungry and another is drunk. My God, what? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? I do not praise you. They missed the whole point of communion. It was no longer, they called it communion, but it was no longer true communion. For well, them, it was not remembering Jesus, it was about indulging themselves. Paul i out tells him, Some of you are sick and dying because you're in total disregard for the sanctity of communion. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not deserving the, the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Why is communion a spiritual checkup? Because of verse 28. Let a person examine themselves, and then eat of the bread and drink of the cup. When we take communion, we are commanded by Scriptures to examine ourselves first. Not, the, the church folks are going to examine everybody else, are we? Oh, You see the Brother Come on, we examine everybody else but ourselves. And the Bible didn't say do that, he said examine yourself. Come on, tell somebody your own selves. <laughs> That's why communion is time for a spiritual checkup. Te- 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 we are to examine our own hearts before we partake of the communion elements. It's a time to say, self, is there any sin, any rebellion, any unforgiveness, any gossip, any complaining, any lust, any bitterness, any anger, any selfishness inside of me that would keep me from entering into communion with God? Communion is not a religious ceremony. It's a time to get right with God. Listen to the warning the Bible gives us in First 1, 1 Corinthians 10.21. It says, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord, and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Did y'all know there were two tables out there? He says the Lord has a table and the devil has a table. And the Apostle Paul is saying, you Christians at Corinth, you're trying to eat off of two tables. Remember, the purpose of communion, the purpose of the table is to share in the life of Jesus. And you need to know this morning that the devil is real, that demons are real, and they are constantly inviting you to sit at their table. Ephesians six twelve says, "We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places." Every day of your life, you are wrestling, and that wrestling is not fake. <laughs> We have spiritual enemies that want you to leave God's table. They don't want you to share in the life of Jesus. They want you to sit at their table and commune with them. Church, there are problems in life that go beyond the physical and the mental realm. Some problems in life are spiritual in nature. There are problems, especially ones that never seem to go away, that are being controlled by demonic Influence. Don't sit at the table of demons because sitting at the table is sharing in life. What Christians don't understand is if you eat at God's table on Sunday and you go out and switch tables, you're not sharing in the life of Jesus. You're sleeping with the enemy. The table is the sharing of life. Now, I know you don't have this problem at your house, but if you happen to see a rope. And you stomp on that roach and you kill it and it's dead, you stop the problem. Sort of. But behind the walls are nieces, nephews, aunties, and uncles, and cousins, and other kinfolk. You see, you may deal with the problem you see, but unless you get the exterminator to come in and deal with the problems that you don't see, you'll never really be free. Just because you stomp on your problem today doesn't mean that the problem won't come back tomorrow. If you want to truly be free, you've got to stop eating at the devil's table. When you come to the table of the Lord, you have freedom and life, but the table of demons brings death and destruction and torment in this life and the life to come. When you leave God's table and sit down and have fellowship at the devil's table, what are you doing? You're bringing shame on the name of Jesus and you're making a mockery of His death on the cross. You ought to know you get that heavy this morning, did you? We're here to answer questions and deal with hot topics. We're not going to dance around it. Whose table are you eating at? Are you living for yourself and wondering why God is not blessing you? You can't eat at two tables, church. So many people come to God's table and go through the motions, but then they go and sit down at the devil's table and talk however they want and they watch whatever they want and they drink whatever they want to drink and smoke whatever they want to smoke and sleep with whoever they want to sleep with and say whatever they want to about the church and gossip all they want to gossip. I know I hit somebody somewhere... What you don't realize is that you're fellowshipping with the devil and you're opening the door to demonic influence in your life. You can't sit at God's table and then spend the rest of the week at the devil's diner expecting there to be no consequences in your life, in your health, in your family. Because remember, a seat at the table is the sharing of life. It's not just a physical act of communion. It's sharing in the life of Jesus. The table represents the new covenant in the blood of Christ. The Old Testament had a temporary plan, but in the new covenant, God established a permanent solution. That's why when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, behold, the Lamb of God who not done. He didn't say that covered the sins of the world. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Under the Old Covenant, they would offer sacrifices that would cover the sins of the people for a period of time. But in the New Covenant, through the blood of Jesus, your sins have been removed and taken away from you. When Jesus sat on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished, paid in full. In other words, no more payment needed. On the cross, all sin for all mankind was completely and permanently paid for and manifest to all who put their their faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. Anybody know what I'm talking about in your own life this morning? I'm saved through faith in Jesus Christ, but hell's still messing with me. Messing with my mind, messing with my health, messing with my finances. see, most of the time we see the problem, but we miss the spiritual issue behind the problem. Do not forget that we have an enemy that wants to destroy us. But here's the good news today. The Bible says in Colossians 2.15 that on the cross, Jesus defeated the devil and put him to open shame. Jesus publicly humiliated the devil. Not only was sin defeated on the cross, but the devil himself was defeated. Satan was defeated, and that means that you and I no longer have to sit at his table. Even though we get daily invitations to die. Satan is defeated through the blood of Jesus. God is free to work his covenant on your behalf. Now, verse 26, this is where it really comes together. 1 Corinthians 11, 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. Proclaim His death to who? When you take communion, you're doing more than taking the bread and the drinking of the cup. The Bible says that you proclaim His death till He comes. In other words, when you take communion, you're preaching to somebody. But who are you preaching to? I, I personally think you're preaching to the devil. Jesus made a public spectacle of the devil on the cross. And every time we take communion, we're proclaiming devil. <laughs> you lost. I don't belong to you anymore. You don't have power over me anymore. I used to eat at your table all the time, but I'm at a new table because I have a new identity. I have a new hope and a new future. I'm a new creation. I've been adopted into a new family. When you take communion, you can tell the devil what you can't tell other people, The go to hell. I'm also sorry. Go back where you belong because you have no place in my life anymore. When I take communion, I'm declaring the death of Jesus till he comes. He defeated your power over mine. No, you had me full for a while. You had me under your power for a while. You had me at your table for a while. But I'm at the right table now. I'm at God's table. I'm feasting with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I got victory through the blood of Jesus. When we take communion, it's more than a ceremony. It's more than bread and juice. It's sharing the victory over death, but death, death, hell, and the grave. Amen? It's a proclamation that God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. And when I was at my worst, He gave His best for me. And the blood He shed at Calvary is the same blood that washed my sins away. It's the same blood that heals my body when I'm sick. It's the same blood that keeps me from losing my mind when there's chaos all around me. It's the same blood that gives me strength today in every day. There's no power in the juice. There's power in the blood. When you take communion seriously, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. When you understand the power of communion, you can tell the devil where to go. When you take God's table seriously, you won't hang around the devil's table anymore. When you understand what it means, you know that there's life at God's table and death at the devil's table. Don't forget the covenant power of His table. This is where you share His life and share His victory. His body was broken for you. Through His death, we have life. And through His poverty, we have become rich. There is victory at the table. And I'm going to ask the ushers to come right now. And I'm going to ask you to do something this morning. I'm going to ask you in just a moment to meet the Lord at the table to meet the Lord at the table. We're going to take a moment to pray and we're going to take a moment to seek God, but we're getting ready here very shortly. I want to ask everybody in your own time to come forward to the table. But as you come to the table this morning, bring your burdens. Bring your sin and bring your shame and lay them at the feet of Jesus. Bring your circumstances. Bring your anxiety. Bring your fear. Bring your worries. Bring them to the Lord's table. The Bible says, Casting our cares on Him, for He cares for us. Whatever is weighing you down this morning, bring it to the Lord's table and share in His life and share in His victory. Will you stand this morning as we pray as the worship team comes and we can bring the lights down. We're going to take a moment and just seek God this morning. Read that warning from the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians one more time. 1 Corinthians 11, 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself. Let a woman examine herself, and so let them eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner and eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body, For this reason, many are sick among us, weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we're chastened by the Lord, when we're judged, we're chastened by the Lord, so we may not be condemned with the world. Listen, believers, prepare your hearts this morning. If you've been eating at the devil's table, it's time to leave that table for good today. It's time to stop living a double life. Listen, the most miserable people on earth are those who try to eat for both tables. One foot in the church and one foot in the world. Make the misery stop today, right now, in this moment, in the presence of God. Make up your mind, determine in your spirit, I'm not going back to the devil's table anymore. I want to come to the Lord's table I want to participate in the life and the freedom and the hope that comes from Jesus and from Jesus alone. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, there's mercy at God's table. He offers His love and mercy and forgiveness to all who are willing to come. There is room at God's table for you this morning. I encourage you today to put your faith in Jesus as we prepare for communion this, this morning. Let God prepare your heart. The Bible says that God proved His love for us in this, so while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were at our worst, God gave His best. And He offers salvation, forgiveness, redemption, and mercy to all who are willing to come to Him by faith. Hallelujah. Will you close your eyes for just a moment as we begin just a time of prayer? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, pray this prayer with me. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me. Set me free. And with your help, I'll follow you. I'll sit at your table. I'll learn from you. I'll love you as you love me. In Jesus' name I pray.